Hey, I'm Taylor Dorson, and this is the Professional Technical Interviewee. Technical interviews are hard, and every company does them differently. On this show, I interview engineering leaders to see what they look for in technical candidates, and then they perform a real technical interview with me. I hope you enjoy. Matt, how are you? Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to uh, to be here. Absolutely. I am happy to have you. Uh, guest today, Matt Wilson. Um, you're previously an engineering manager at Farmer's Fridge. You're also at Sharper Track shopper track for a number of years as uh, an engineer kind of rose to the ranks there and um, really interesting you come from a kind of a non-traditional um, background as well uh, and I think you mentioned you actually have a, a culinary degree uh, yeah yeah, I started, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that's right so very very different than uh, well I want to say different I think a lot of people come through um, with non-traditional degrees so um, but yeah I don't I don't have a computer science degree or anything like that um, so uh, I definitely have some I have an interesting path <laughs> into this career for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to hear. Actually, you know, what's funny. Um, uh, so I work at home chef right now and we have, a uh, uh, one of our engineers was a chef previously as well. We have oh, like cool. an apprenticeship yeah. program and he worked as a, as a chef for us for many years. And then, um, kind of went to our apprenticeship program and now he's on my team and he's great. Shout out to, to Jimmy. Uh, so that, yeah, the first. you know, I would, it's kind of funny because there are actually, you don't want to think though, but there are a couple of uh, uh, overlaps between working in a high pressure kitchen and like working as a coder, um, for sure. Um, teamwork all around, have to have teamwork, Good, you have to have good communication skills in both. You have to make sure that like, does this person have my back? Am I telling him what I need? Um, am I saying I need help, right? Um, those kind of things. Um, so it's not like I was kind of, I thought they were completely different worlds, but there, there's a lot of overlap, you know, which is surprising. So. Yeah. Can you share a little bit about that transition and how you got into to tech? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was in, uh, I was working in some pretty well, okay. So I'm from Seattle and um, I got a culinary school and I realized that I wanted to, I, there's two, I had two, basically two main goals. I was like, I want to live, by myself and I want to work in restaurants, right? And I want to work in some of the best restaurants in the world, right? And narrowed it down to basically New York, Paris, LA, uh, essentially, or London. Um, and uh, I couldn't afford to live by myself there on a cook salary, but Chicago, I could. So I moved to Chicago. Chicago has fantastic restaurants, some of the best in the world. Um, so I moved here and I, I kind of worked my way up um, in there. I, I, the reason I made the switch was um, because uh, it's really demanding. It's really demanding to be a cook. You're just working a lot. Um, there's a lot of high pressure uh, stuff to get done. And I, I really was just wasn't really happy with the hours, basically. Um, and um, and so I, I wanted to find something uh, a little different. So um, kind of the first thing that I did, my first inspiration of, of trying to get into technology was my mother told gave me a suggestion to be a social media manager. She was like, oh, I saw this video of this lady who's like a social media manager. Maybe you could do this. And I was like, at that point, I was just kind of like, sure, whatever. Like I, I was casting as big, wide of a net or whatever. I got into that and then she, she, I watched some of her videos and she kept mentioning like, oh, WordPress is a big deal. So then I like, I learned WordPress because I thought that was like something that a good skill to have. So then I would go around. So then I was like, okay, so how do I find clients to build WordPress sites for? So then I'd go around to um, uh, neighborhood small business associations here in Chicago. So I went to like the Bucktown Small Business Association and the Ravenswood one. And 
basically in those meetings, you go around and you just say, I'm so-and-so and I do this, I'm so-and-so. And it's a kind of a networking thing, right? Yeah. Um, but it's a very, like the ones I went to were pretty formal. Um, everyone had like a chance to say, what do they do and, and who they are. Um, and I would go around and I'd be like, I make websites. And everyone's like, I need a website, right? So it was like perfect way to get going. Um, so I built like websites for gyms and like small, really small food uh, companies and um, like laundry mats and stuff. And um, I did that for a while. And I, I kind of got really good at like making WordPress templates and do, like, doing all of that. That quickly turned into uh, more customized things that people wanted. Like maybe somebody wanted um, a pop-up to show up on their website every time uh, someone came in or maybe somebody wanted uh, an email to be sent out um, when they clicked a button or something. And then I was finding myself doing more and more um, jQuery uh, scripting, right? Um, so um, I did that for a while and uh, I, I kind of got pretty good at manipulating the DOM and stuff. And then I realized, um, you know, how far, I, I really enjoyed it and I realized I could take it to a career. So um, the, my very first tech job was basically um, the way I got it was I worked on my resume and then I submitted my resume, which didn't have any actual jobs on it. It basically just had like, here are the websites I built and here are the projects I worked on. And that's all it was. Um, but there were like actual websites that you could go to and you can like look at the code and, and whatever. Um, I, I didn't even submit to a job. I submitted it to a recruiting agency. Mm. I figured out like, okay, who are the recruiting agencies in Chicago that hire for tech? I went to their websites that have like resume uploaders. I uploaded my resume and then I got a call. It, I just happened to be in a hot market at that point. And I got a call the next day. And within a week I was working at Sears basically. Oh, wow. That's yeah. Awesome. So it was like, it was really a quick turnaround. So like, and then from there, it was just, I worked on all sorts of different projects and kind of, but that's how I got, kind of got my started. I got really lucky. I think, um, I, I can't say like that would work today. <laughs> um, you know, um, I think back then it was, it was definitely a different environment. Um, and, you know, back then it was really kind of like, are you, are you just like, is your communication skills good enough? And are you smart enough basically to like take direction and, and, and try to figure things out? Not so much like, do you know the specific language to the T that I need you to? That wasn't really a concern back then. Um, I, I don't know if that would, I can't say that would work now. Right. Um, but like, I, I just, it was just kind of like the right time at the right place um, to have that. Right. And then from there, I just kind of got to where I am today. So baby steps. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah. I I've still seen some people um, transition that way, like basically picking nice. up some work and it's basically building the resume. Right. Yeah. And I think you mentioned having actual websites that you can show people, right? even if you don't have Very a full-time job for X amount of months, you can say, look, like clearly I've done this, right? Like, you yeah. can actually see a thing. Yeah. And I think that's so helpful, especially for people who are early in their, their career is being able to like, if you're on a call with somebody, right. Say, oh, type in this address. It'll take you to the site and you can see, right. Like an actual representation uh, yeah. of my ability to deliver something instead of exactly. like, Oh, I worked on X, Y, and Z. And maybe they can visualize that in their head, but actually having something you can point them to, I feel like it's so valuable. Absolutely. I mean, and even, even when you're going between corporate jobs and corporate jobs, when you're working on like AWS specific things, you can't say like, Oh, just log into their, their console yeah, yeah. and look at their ET, EC2 server. It's like, um, but so that, that was kind of a big benefit. Yeah. I would suggest to anybody who is um, going from like no technical ability or wanting to get a job, websites are kind of the easiest way to get there um, because like it, 
that, as you said, it's a physical thing that you can point to. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, um, from my experience of trying to find work as a front end engineer, and you would probably more know, it might be different, it might be different now, but there were always front end engineer jobs, like always, um, back in the day, I could always find JavaScript jobs and, uh, uh, React or Angular jobs, like they're always available. And so I felt like um, uh, the, the, the bot, like there wasn't a whole lot of searching you had to do. So I, I would definitely suggest that might be something people look into uh, to get started. Yeah, I think there might even be more now because I feel like the front end and the back end has become, I think the front end's just grown. So the, the two have few even more separate. So there's still certainly plenty of full stack engineer jobs, but I, I see that breakdown of, okay, we have back end engineers and actual front end engineers right. more and more often. And right. the front end engineers are just as large, if not larger than the back end engineer. <laughs> yeah, engineer yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, and I just want to note, you mentioned Sears and people might think like, oh, like, the store, right? But Sears, um, for a long time, was a massive employer. I mean, still is, I believe. Um, but yeah, but for yeah. a long time, had a, a huge number of tech people in the Chicagoland area. Hoffman Estates, I think maybe was where that, yep. that big office was. Um, and I know a lot of people that went through, especially in the, I think the data space, people don't think about that um, huge amounts of data that comes along with logistics and, and um, you know, all that type of shipping stuff that a lot of those people are now gone on to other Chicagoland companies, right? That have, yeah. you know, the same types of massive challenges, even if Sears is no longer really around to how it once was, is definitely has its kind of footprint in the Chicago tech scene. Absolutely. I was always impressed with Sears, especially when I was there. Um, they were, Sears was the very first company to offer um, in-home internet, <laughs> believe oh, it or not. <laughs> uh, cool. uh, you know, you could also buy a house from Sears shipped on a train. I mean, they're like, they're, they're an incredibly impressive company, or they were back in the day. Um, uh, you know, when I came on, they, uh, it was kind of like their, one of the reasons I I, got, I was kind of like right place at right time was because Sears was kind of going their big last hurrah of like, okay, you know, we, it's not going as well as we want to go. Um, and this was like eight years ago. They're like, okay, it's not going where you want to go. Okay. So let's focus in on technology and maybe that'll help us turn around. So, you know, we're going to hire huge orga tech organizations and we're going to focus on customer experience and we're going to focus on data. And, and so like they pumped a dumped a bunch of money into that, you know, and hired people like me and other people to just kind of help them um, meet these initiatives. So I think now it's just kind of like keeping the lights on, but yeah, because of that investment, um, there's a lot of people in the Chicago area who got their start. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, totally. You mentioned those waves too. That's like such a, a gold mine. If you can find those types of companies and recruiting agencies, I, I think, tend to um, lead people to these types of companies because they're hiring at scale very often. Yep. Um, in, in Chicago, I mean, Boeing has done similar pushes in the last handful of years, United as well, right? Like yep. they, they need to hire, it's not, you know, 25 people, it's like 250 people, 400 people, right? Yeah. There's no way they can, they can keep up with that on their own. So they often use outside people and that sweet spot of like, okay, I have some experience, but I may not have the three jobs that every other job wants on a resume. Like that's right. a great way to be like, okay, I can get my start here and like learn a lot. And then once you got a couple of years of experience there, you, you know, you can move on elsewhere. Um, but those right. types of companies, if you can find them when they're in those waves, I think is a really good, maybe first, first like full-time job for people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's 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 kind of like why recruiters are are awesome, right? Because they know the companies, they know how much you were hiring, and they can really advocate for you. I remember when I put my first resume in, the recruiter like interviewed me, and she was basically like, "Your interview is great, but like, I'm gonna help you get your resume in order, right?" It, I mean, and she was like, 
this is great, but let's reword this or let's, do you have any more websites you can put? Yeah, I do. I didn't think it was like relevant. Oh, it is put it on there or whatever it is. Um, you know, recruiters are your, are advocates for you in some way, right? That you can't completely rely on them, but like when you're just starting out, um, you're working as a team to get there, right? <laughs> they, because yeah. they work on commission, they want the job just as much as you do. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think in the best case scenario is like you, you mutually beneficial relationship, right? Yeah, like you're getting, you're actually getting something valuable for them, other than just them entering you to a job. Like hopefully they're actually helping you <laughs> yeah. try to land yeah. that job. Yeah, and then um, uh, you know, on on their side, obviously they make money if you actually take that job, right? Exactly. Uh, so. so. Uh, and and then what led you to? I know you went to Shopper Track for for many years after that, and and Farmer Search. I'm just curious, um, what were those job searches like? Was it you know just applying? Did you get referrals, or, or how did how did those happen? Um, yeah. So once you have good experience, um, that you can put on your LinkedIn profile of things that you know and, and hard skills that you can you can say that I know. Um, recruiters are more than likely going to start reaching out to you pretty much on the regular, um, at that point. Um, so I got, you know, I was getting, you know, at least two calls or two, two emails, at least a week of recruiters. Right. And, um, so when you are, when you are at the point in your career where you're like, what is next for me or what is it, you know, how do I do it? Then you basically just start opening those emails and figure out like what is available. Right. And then you start reaching out. Um, and then um, the process for finding your next role is, is um, I think it really helped. It really helped me to, I was always very specific about what I wanted. Um, I left Sears and went to HP because I didn't, because I wanted to do more backend development. I wanted to become I wanted to become a full stack developer. And by full stack, I don't mean JavaScript and uh, MongoDB, <laughs> right? Um, or Angular, MongoDB, and jo like, our, what, what I mean is like, I wanted to learn other languages, right? I wanted to like, I wanted to become more versatile. So, um, so, so what, what, I, what I did is I realized, okay, so I didn't do Python at, uh, at, um, at Sears, but I, um, I, uh, I know, I know the software development life cycle, so I can talk about that. I know how like unit testing works. I know how like CI/CD pipelines work and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I took, I took like Coursera courses. I was like, okay, I'm gonna like go on Coursera and like get certificates in Python. So I took like principles of computing one and two and um, and like basic and Python uh, 101 and 102 on Coursera. And I got and I got those certificates, put them on my uh, LinkedIn, and now I had. Now I had like, I don't ha I didn't have any experience in Python, but I had the certificates from Coursera. And then I also had experience uh, at Sirius as a JavaScript developer. And that was enough to get like another like pretty junior level engineering job, but it was enough to like, again, add another skill to my, my, my repertoire there. Um, and so then I was able to move over uh, um, from that. Um, the, the recruiter that, I don't think I was the recruiter. I think the hiring manager at HP reached out to me, but again, I never, it wasn't a job. I didn't apply to that job. It was someone like looking at me. I'm very, it's one of the best things about this industry is that like, if you have good skills, people will find you yeah. uh, and ask you about it. So you don't have to do too much. You don't have to do too much job pecking on your own. And then like, um, and then again, from like HP to Sear or HP to Shopper Track, it was the same thing. I was like, okay, now I know Python. Now I know how to use like CICD pipelines and build a little stuff in Ruby, some stuff in Chef. What is the next thing? And I was like, what's the next thing? I was like, oh, the next big thing 
is like Java. I want to learn how to use Java, right? Mm-hmm. I felt like I felt like Python, Java, and JavaScript um, were the languages that would like carry me or would basically teach me enough about the programming concepts to but basically handle any problem that came my way, essentially, mm-hmm. right? Any problem that came my way, if I knew these three languages, I could solve it in some way, right? But that was my idea at the time. And I still think that's true, but maybe not to the extent that <laughs> I thought it was at then. So like I got a job, um, um, a recruiter reached out to me and I applied at shopper track and, um, and that worked out. So like, um, but every step of the way, it was always kind of like, what skill do I want to learn next? Mm. It's always about like leveling up what, like, where do I want to go next? How do I get there? Um, I'm not, I've never been someone who's been happy with just like just learning. Okay. I know angular, I know react. That's my career. I'm a react developer for 20 years. That's what I do. Um, or I, I know Java, you know, uh, I, I'm a really good Java 12 developer. I'm a really good spring boot developer, but that's all I know. I would never happy with that. Um, just because, uh, I got bored really easily mm-hmm. and, um, I just felt like, my career opportunities were not going to be as wide if I focused in on something. Right. So, yeah. 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 That makes a lot of sense. And I think that's a, a great point, right. Is looking at the the next job is not just, okay, I'm bored with whatever I'm doing now, yeah. or like I want to make more money or whatever it might be. Yeah. Right. But looking, is there, what, what do I want to specifically do? Right. Whether that's yeah. the type of work or the specific technologies, right. I think those are the kind of right. the two big areas right. and then being, being able to, I mean, hopefully you find one where you can have both of those, right. Like I'm really interested in this actual company mission or, or their product as well oh, yeah. as they have Absolutely. technology, Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. but at least getting one or the other, right. I think um, is really helpful. And, and like you said, once you have a little bit of experience, then it's kind of just, you know, being explicit with the recruiter saying, this is what I'm looking for and um, kind of opening the floodgates and having those conversations, right? Absolutely. I mean, so like the money thing is a good point. I always, when I was first starting out to like junior to mid, um, money was not an issue really because I knew that they were going to compensate me basically on market value. So I didn't really push too much. It was really more about like, what am I going to learn here that I'm not going to learn at the other place, right? Yeah. Um, that was like number one, like, what am I going to be able to like put on my resume and say, I solved these problems. That was more important than anything. Right. And that was like an ice as, as an IC, that's what I always look for. Um, you know, the money came eventually, but like, that wasn't my main focus because I, I knew that like, if I had the skills to solve problems on a wide range of scale, the money would eventually catch up to that. And I could, I could demand a higher price. Um, but like, that was not the focus at first. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, as far as interviewing, so I know um, you said you're recently or you're currently in a job search. So you, you've been interviewing actively? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been interviewing pretty actively right now. Um, all, um, yeah, engineering manager roles and then um, uh, actually uh, coaches. There's there's some roles out there where, oh, yeah, I don't know if you've ever heard of this role, but it's like, it's basically a per, an internal person who, who consults for with tech teams um, to help them level up their technology and huh. level up their processes of how they run a team, how they measure a team, how they uh, deliver um, in a more consistent uh, basis. Um, so like there's a lot of roles out there and those are usually like, I'm finding like those roles are people for like EMs who uh, either either like brand new EMs who wanna continue to build that lead, those leadership uh, skills um, but also want to continue to have like, have like pretty much hand, like a lot, sometimes hands on keyboard work um, of like, how are you like, let's, let's dig into the code this. 
um, but without having people directly report to you, right? Mm. Um, Interesting. So it's a really good, yeah. So um, yeah, and then there's others, EM, the other EMs I'm, I'm reporting at are like more, more like a traditional EM role, but it's like highly technical, right? So I am, I'm at the point of my career where I am, I am technically like a leadership, but I am not a hundred percent people only, right? I deal, I, it's both. It's a mixture of, I really have to deal with people and teams and making sure that, um, the team is gelling right and I'm leveling people up, but I also have to like make sure it's kind of my responsibility to make sure that like the technology is sound, the architecture is sound, we can scale this, we can maintain this, um, we can deploy it correctly. Um, that is, so it's kind of like a mixture of both right now, right? And really then so some EMs, there's different, each EM role is a little bit of more of this, less of that, right? Yeah, I was gonna ask, are, are you seeing consistency across them or is it really, you know, it depends on the company. Cause I know some people say, Oh, it's an engineering manager, but really it's a tech lead where you happen to have people reporting to you. And sometimes it's, yeah. it's only people. Um, I'm curious if it's really different from, from um, job searches you've done in the past as like individual contributor. Uh, oh yeah. It's, it's very drastically because, different. Oh yeah. It's very different. Cause like there, when you're, when you're interviewing as an IC, you are basically like, you know, you're based, what you're, what you're basically interviewing for is like your coding technical ability mm -hmm. or, or can you explain our, a problem or can you basically talk about technical things? And then also, are you a good communicator at a one-on-one -on -one level, right? Can you talk to me and can I understand what you're saying? Um, point of view, right? Like that, like, like those are kind of like the main focuses as an IC, right? You have to be able to like communicate with people and then you have to know what you're talking about. From an engineering manager level, you really have to say like, processes right how do i like how do i set up team processes how do i deal with um individuals that relate problems that deal with individuals but not related to individual talking but how does how do i take the business goals and relate that to the team um in a, in a meaningful way so it they're very they're very different right so like it's that and then also like you know can, can you explain architecture can you explain system design can you explain you know the differences between databases right if and i can't because like even though i'm not hands-on keyboard if somebody if someone on my team decides to use a mysql database and not a nosql database and that sql database can't scale or they try to store documents in sql right at the end of the day i let that happen and so it's mm -hmm. kind of my fault right i have to I, I have to know like this is the way we should do things um at the end you know um so it's it's very very different right yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, when you were interviewing as the interviewer in the past, uh, what parts of the interview process have you typically handled? Were you handling the actually asking questions? Were you doing more behavioral or, or yeah. what pieces have you handled in the past? Well, okay. So um, when I, you know, there's basically, the first thing I would do is I would look at their resume and I would just make sure that they have worked on projects that are somewhat similar to what we're doing. It doesn't have to be exactly the same, but in the general bar park and then, and do they have enough experience on their resume to, um, to, to, to be able to contribute? Um, so, you know, it was a lot, it was kind of like, for, I, I was kind of like the first pass of like, does this click at all? Right. Does this person going to make sense at all? Um, and then I would, talk to them. And then I would, yeah, I would work on a lot of questions related to team dynamic questions from an individual mm -hmm. point of view, right? Like what I basically behavioral questions a lot. Um, so I would ask stuff like, did you ever disagree with a team member? How was that resolved? Or, um, 
what is a project that you're really proud of or what's a project you weren't so proud of and and um let's talk through that and how you could have done it better right or um i might ask a question like um what do you value in a good team right what is something that you look for in, in a good strong engineering team um so a lot of behavioral stuff a lot of like i'm, I'm testing for like motivation testing for like empathy testing for um uh communication um like good strong I, you i want to be able to you if i ask you a question like if you if you don't have a if you're kind of caught up and you don't really can't answer the question then like you telling me i don't know or like i've never had that experience is fine honesty is like absolutely great like that's good um if i say you know tell me a project that um didn't go well and then the person just kind of is like well this didn't go well but also this but maybe this other thing it's fine i just have to like i have to like dig in a little more right yeah um and i think everyone has a little i think most engineering managers have a different opinion of this but for my opinion i look for like yeah good direct conversation good direct i, I want to be able to i can like talk to you and you're going to be able to like give me honest feedback back mm. um now if that is fine and i pass them off then um then we do then we then the other when we have a bunch of engineers come in and we kind of do a more traditional like uh coding questioning right um and we don't i don't really believe in the um uh the live coding exercises i don't think that's a really good idea because like um it, it's not a nobody nobody is making code live in front of people <laughs> day to day right yeah. so i'm a big proponent of like the take-home coding test um and give that get, we give them a problem um or we give them a small project and they come in and then with then we can review their code and that's when we can dig into like okay so you used an array instead of a hash why you used you used a um um you, you made a copy of this object um instead of uh instead of like removing it and making another one why right mm -hmm. that kind of stuff um you know and i think that's i think that is a much better it's a much much better like indication of their of their actual ability um rather than like doing a live coding test in my, my opinion <laughs> so yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense i think it's if nothing else, just the stress, right, um, yeah. of like someone over your shoulder, or even just you know watching your screen, yeah. uh, is is difficult, right? And the take home at least it gives you the opportunity to go, okay, let me breathe <laughs> while I yeah. do this, right? Or like it's also a great because like you always have to remember like it's not just it's not just the engineering managers and the team trying to interview someone; it's them interviewing us to make sure like is this a is this a place I want to be at, right? Um, like, am I excited about the tech? Am I excited about the people? So like, it's really, really important to give people space um, to do that. Um, and and so like having a conversation about code instead of like, okay, I'm gonna whiteboard this problem and blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, and you know, they test for different things, right? Now, if you are an organization where, um, if you're an organization where there's not a lot of team collaboration and you are a lone wolf out there that have to solve these problems by yourself and if you need help it's going to get hard. you're not you're going to have a hard time finding help and i think there are places like that for sure mm -hmm. um then maybe a live coding test is the best way to go but if you're if you're definitely working in a more team collaborative uh way and there's always someone to help you out i don't know <laughs> it's not always the best right yeah yeah i hear that um so so typically you would do basically 
look at the resume to to make sure that it seems relevant. Um, you would do more of a like a traditional first conversation, right, where you're asking them some more questions. Sounds kind of behavioral things. You're looking for empathy, communication style, um, like interest level, probably, right? And then yeah, actually yeah. technical, which would be some type of take home. Then I'm assuming you'd have some type of final after that. Yeah, yeah. The other thing is I also look for their ability to be able to learn from mistakes or figure out how to improve going forward, right? Mm. Um, that's that's always big, right? Every like everybody is at different levels within their career and have different levels of their knowledge. Um, and so like people's finding training people's ability to be like, yeah, I did that wrong. Here's how I'm gonna improve, or hey, that went really well. Here, here are the things that I'm gonna take from that and go to I'm gonna take my next project. Like having that ability and, and like and trying to be active about that, I also look for. But yeah, then yeah, then we kind of do uh uh here's a here's a take-home project, five days, take it, learn it, do it, come back, and then as a team, we'll we'll talk about it together. Yeah. So how do you gauge for that like ability to learn? Because I feel like that's such a key thing that that you're looking for as a manager, especially early in your career, or really any hire, if, if someone's not, you know, coming directly from a, a company that's doing almost exactly the same thing with the exact yeah. same tech stack, you're not right. hiring them for their skills day one, you're hiring them for the skills that they're going to have three months in or six months yeah. in, right, when they're actually yeah. fully ramped up. And I feel like that's such a hard thing to, to figure out um, in conversations. How, how, yeah. how do you ask those questions or, or maybe advice for engineers who feel like they don't represent that well? Um, yeah. Do you have any advice yeah. around that? Um, yeah. So, you know, one thing I try to look for as is, is and most people have this, um, is, the, uh, is, is something on the resume where they had to introduce a new tool or they, are they, are they, um, or they have, uh, or they, 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 they got in, they got, they tried something different. Right. So like I was interviewing like SRE engineers. Um, and one of the questions I always asked was, have you ever had to onboard a tool by yourself that you had to like roll out or maybe a, 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 is there, you ever had to roll out a tool? Um, or I did, or have you ever like done research on something? And it's not really about, it's not also really about like, did you learn something else? It's really about like testing your curiosity of things. Right. It's like really like wanting to learn something is very different than, than someone saying, go learn this thing. Right. Um, so like, and it is, it is hard, it is hard, but like, um, you know, if, if I say, well, why did you choose Datadog over Epsigon? Mm. And their answer is, well, because that's what my boss told me to do. It's very different than being, than being like, well, you know, Datadog is is this and that, and it has better logging and it has better alerting, and I really like the dashboards, and you know, it's better than this. Um, it's it's like it's it's also kind of like about judging their passion, right? Mm -hmm. And you, as you're interviewing someone for behavioral points of view, you can quickly tell um, if they like their job, <laughs> basically, right? <laughs> if someone is passionate about their job and they really enjoy, they see the value in their job it's a lot easier for them. It's, it's, it's more of a, 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 a breath of fresh air to say that like, okay, you are a curious person. Uh, you know, being passionate about what you do means you're always going to want to get better at it. I think. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and I've had both people, I've had people come in and be like, well, I, I, I did this because that's what the client wanted. And then I moved on to the next thing. And I have people that like, I say, well, what do you think about dad dog? And they go in this long tangent about how great dad dog is and even how bad dad dog is and, yeah. and all these things. And that kind of shows me that like, okay, you actually care about your job and you care about your role and you see value in it. If we, when we match that, then we could say, okay, you're going to be, you're going to want to learn something else eventually. Right. 
Yeah, I think that's great, and and that's really good to to hear as a individual contributor too. While I may not have fully implemented a tool on my own, I have at least looked at things right, yeah. or, or even smaller gyms or smaller like packages, right, where I've gone, okay, this might work, but what about this other one that exists as well, right? And then trying right. to evaluate um, and that type of thing, I think. While someone may not have decided we're going to use React instead of Vue, they might have at least done that, right? Okay, right. Well, are we going to use this date formatter or or this one <laughs> right. there? And like, what makes sense for us? Right. Even at a small I feel school. like when people go out of their way to define these differences, it means that they really care about their job, right? The one thing I would say though is that like, it, it's not always the case that your job is going to give you the ability to to expand your career, right? Or or work on different things. Um, so, you know, and I knew that, and that's why I had to like, go take a bunch of Coursera courses. Right. Um, I wasn't like Sears was not going to pay me to go learn Python. Um, so like, I, I had a job to do. It was, it was building JavaScript, uh, modules, right. That was my job. Um, so, um, I had to go outside of my job to look for that. Right. But I, you know, um, but again, I think that my ability or my curiosity of like, how does this work? Right. How does a binary search work? How does, uh, how does like a VPN work and me like actively going outside of my work to find that proved to other people that like I could learn things out of curiosity and I was passionate about what I was doing. Right. Yeah. Your career is in your hands <laughs> essentially, right? You can't rely on other people to like um, to get you where you want to go. You have to decide this is what I want and this is how I'm going to get it. Or you can't have the attitude of like, well, I like my job now and maybe one year I can work in something that's like different. Right. No, if you want it, you have to go, you have to go learn it. Yeah, totally. And and I think sometimes people feel like the course is like, oh, is this the same as working at a production level? And it may not be, but I think it makes it easier when you go to work at a <clears throat> at a production level. It makes it easier to get ramped up. Like I've done just a little bit of React stuff off and on over the years. And now we're finally using React full-time in my role now. And I recognize like, oh, this is significantly less difficult than it probably would have been if I didn't have any past knowledge about it. Right. Right. Like, and right. It, I didn't have to go from zero to one. I went from like, you know, maybe 0.25 or, or 0.5 to one, which is much easier. Right. And, yeah. and I feel like at least that leg up um, puts you in a really good spot. Um, even if you, you know, you start and you go, okay, day one, I have to learn a lot of things. You know, one step up. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. I, the other thing I would add is it, um, it's all like, it's all about baby steps. It's all about building on top of things. Um, if you just start, if you know nothing about technology and you immediately go into React without, without like, it's going to be tough, right? You have to learn about the DOM and you have to learn about APIs and you have to learn about networking and you have to learn about, um, and that's on top of, that's on top of all the stuff that is specific to React, <laughs> right? Um, so um, it's all about just being curious and like always trying to figure out like as much, like more and more and more, because there's, there's always more to learn, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's never uh -huh. ending. You know, as someone who spent 45 minutes yesterday uh, trying to debug a simple Docker statement, there's always more to learn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, how do you think you've, you've done in the past, um, or I guess maybe this this current job search, um, with it, in interviews yourself? Do you feel like you really feel really strong at interviewing? You feel like you, you hate them um, somewhere in between? Yeah, it, uh, every company is different, you know, because um, like it's not when you're interviewing with a company, it's not, again, it's not just you trying to find the best job you can. It's really about trying to find the fit. It's a relationship that you're trying to have, right? Do my skills and what I want match what the company wants, right? Um, like that's really what it's about. And like, 
there's been times where like I probably would do really good at the job, but like I could tell right away that like I don't really I'm not gonna like my the way that they work is not gonna be like the way that I work, right? Mm. Nothing outside of like can I technically do this job, but like um do, like am I communicating well with the person who's interviewing me, right? It's because like I, I am interviewing them just as much as they're interviewing me. Um and um, you know, and one thing I always like to say is that like at the end of the day, we're all people. I have to work with people. People are complicated. People are um, um, have a lot going on all the time, right? Um, um, I don't really care how much that how, I don't really care how much the the money is or like how cool of a technology is. If I don't like the person who I'm reporting to or I I can't communicate with them well, then like it's just not worth it for me, mm. right? Um, maybe it is for some people, but like for me, I. I have to get up and be like excited to like, oh, I get to work with this person or I get to talk to this person, right? Um, so, you know, that's kind of like number one. And, you know, um, it's also kind of like, I'm kind of at the point in my career where like, I need to decide if I want to go for more hands-off, more manager roles, or if I want to continue to be a more of a technical leader, right? I'm right at that why right now. And um, and honestly, it's hard. I don't know which one I want, right? Because um, like, um, I, I find a lot of value in working with people. I really like working with teams. I really like leading people. I really like coaching people. Um, you know, but I also really love digging into system architecture, right? I love learning about, um, you know, how to scale systems and how to uh, make sure that they are reliable and scalable and available, um, and all that stuff. So, um, you know, I, uh, it's it's kind of tough right and i'm constantly asking my questions i'm kind of like okay so this job is like less hands-off but the people are great um right uh, that's awesome right um oh this job is way more technical it's less people management um and the people are also great right or this company where there's a mixture of both but like i didn't really gel with the engineering manager that well right or um or whatever so it's just kind of like at the end of the day, you're not going to know what the job you have, how the job works out until you're in it. <laughs> to yeah. be honest, it sucks, right? But that's the way it is. Um, and that, I mean, unless you're like an intern or something and you can like, it's not your main source of income, then like you're fine. But like, I, I, we don't have that ability. So that's why I always put people first, right? Mm. Like no matter how much technical or non-technical work I am or what I'm working on, I have to enjoy the people I'm with. Because like above of all else, that's that's what that's the thing that I'm gonna be like. People don't quit bad jobs. People quit bad bosses, right? Sure. They quit. Yeah. They quit bad management. Um, and so I, and that's absolutely true. So I have to make sure that I gel well, above all else. Yeah, that's great. And then I think that makes so much sense. Um, I I've definitely stayed in jobs longer than I should have because I really yeah. enjoyed the the people I worked with and I've definitely left jobs way sooner than I really wanted to because I didn't enjoy yeah. the people. Right. Oh uh, so. yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, it's your life. This is these, this, like if you like, it's your life and it's your time, your, your time that you, everyone has a very limited amount of time on earth. So you should try to make it as pleasurable as and enjoyable as you can. <laughs> right. But, and it's so unfortunate that we basically get like, I don't, maybe a handful of hours to evaluate, okay, where am I going to go spend, like, who am I going to go spend the next couple of years with? Right? Exactly. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I, like I, this is the person I'm going to see day in, day out. And I have to make that decision of a half hour to an hour conversation yeah. with this person. Right. Yeah, it, it, it is. It's, it's really tough, but you know, um, 
you know, maybe, maybe there is a, a value proposition there for a product or something. I don't know. <laughs> right. Sure. Yeah. Well, I will say I have seen most companies are receptive to like, if you're like, Hey, can I meet with the team for lunch? Or can like, I, you know, can I yeah. have an additional conversation? Almost any company, if they're going to extend you an offer, will say yes to that. Right. Cause they see it just as valuable as you do. Right. They're like, Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Basically we're selling you and you're, you're trying to figure out if you want to come here. Right. Like, like, please right. talk to us. More. I mean, there have been places like I interviewed at a place last week where I, the minute I got on the phone, I realized that like they, they were immediately trying to see who I am. Right. And they didn't give me any space to me figure out who they were. And, and I was like, eh, I don't think so. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I was like, like, if you're not going to, if you're not going to take the time to, to really get to know me, then like, I don't know if this is going to work. Yeah. When you're in interviews and, and you're given a, maybe a technical question that you don't have an immediate solution for, do you have any type of process that you use to try to break down that question and, and start to make progress on it or work? On if it? I'm like the interviewee, like I'm someone's interviewing me. Okay. Yeah. Um, the, the first step is basically understanding the problem, right? That's, you have to start that. You have to basically say like, that's always, and then requirements, right? So like, okay, so Someone asks me a question, I have to be like, do you mean this or that? Do you mean this or that? Or is this what you mean? Maybe not. Okay, let's move on. Okay, so this is what this is what we're trying to do. Okay, then then that's understanding the problem is number one. Number two, edge cases. Okay, what if the input is this? What if the output is this? What if it scales? What if it doesn't scale? What if it shuts down? Right? What do you, what are the assumptions? Right? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, am I am I assuming that it's always gonna work like that or not? Right. Then once you have that, once you hit know the problem first off, and then you can figure out what the assumptions are and what the edge cases are, um, then that's a good place to start, right? And then from there, the way I work in it is I do, I, I, I go from huge circle to small circle, right? So I say like, okay, so um, here's the, like I'll start with a, like a, a huge diagram, like this is how it's gonna work, right? Mm -hmm. like, like just like a flow, let's say I'm, I'm working on, like someone asked me a question about like, um, how to, how to parse a huge file or whatever, right? Like I need a parse smile file for this reason. I'll be like, okay, so here's the file and we need to put it in this database, but I need somewhere in the middle to, uh, to, to stage it or whatever. So, all right. And then, and then from there, um, I will start getting into the specific details. Mm -hmm. Okay. It should be HTTPS. Okay. The file probably the, based on these requirements and the file needs to be this size. Okay. You said the output needs to be JSON. Okay. So we'll have this part output as JSON or whatever, right? So it's really all the, the steps that I do are, yeah, um, reiterate, um, understand the problem, figure out the inputs, outputs, and assumptions, start at a really high level architecture, and then dig into the details, right? Yeah. That's kind I of it. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and I, I often tell people like, you should be able to give me the high level version of like, this is how I would do it right before you try to yep. figure out exactly how you're going to do each of those things. Right. And I feel right. like sometimes people get stuck going, okay, we do this, uh, but I don't really know how to do that. And then they get off in this whole, whole right. um, train of thought when it's like, oh, well, give me the rest of the, the thought process first. And then you can go fix those things. Right. Yeah. You know, because like these interview questions are not, it's not just about like, did you come up with the perfect answer? Right. It's really all about like, are you communicating well with me? Are you working well with me on a one on one basis? Can we gel and figure out this problem together? Right. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, honestly, if like if if I went through that process and I communicate with the right person, but I got the wrong answer um, and they're like, nope, you got the wrong answer. 
I'd be like, okay, well, I guess I don't want to work here then because like, you're not going to take, you're not going to, you're not communicating with me correctly. Or you're being yeah. very dismissive, even though I am, I am, I'm communicating well with you. Right. Yeah. I think that's a good point too. There's different types of interview processes and some companies are looking for the person who's going to have the, maybe if you're working at a financial company, interview at a financial company, a trading company, they need the exact answer. So they're not losing millions yeah. of dollars with your, your one typo, but sure. a lot of places, you know, it's okay. Let's have a conversation about this and how would yeah. you approach this? Because that's the actual, what they're actually hiring for. Not right. can you get your code perfect on the first try in right. this constrained right. time period. Right. And like, again, it's about like, what kind of place do I want to work at? Now, mm -hmm. some people, I know there are engineers out there who are like very proud that they can get the exact answer they'd exactly need at that point. And they're like, I, like you asked me a question, here's the answer and a story. Any way you split it, it's correct. Um, the, and, and maybe those, those people, may, those engineers maybe should go work at financial or government agencies or something where that like, that like, uh, where communication and teamwork is not as important as just getting the job done as, mm. as, as quickly and as, as correct as possible. I am not that person. <laughs> and those are not the companies that I want to want to work at. So that's not what I look for. Right. Yeah. Uh, any other tips or advice for folks who are maybe preparing for a job search or in a job search right now? Um, yeah. I mean, I would just reiterate some of the stuff that I, I already said, right. Um, make sure that you are getting something out of the job other than just a paycheck. Um, make sure you um, have the opportunity to learn uh, something there. Um, even if it's your first job, if it's your first job, you're gonna learn something pretty much right away. Um, make sure the company, um, make sure you're very open and communicative about where you are with your learning to the company and make sure that they are willing to work with you and, and, and help you out there. So interview the company just as much as you can interview as they interview you. Um, it's super, super important. Um, and then like lean on recruiters. Recruiters are your friend. <laughs> they will, uh, go, like every recruiting agency has a CSV upload. Go upload your CSV to the recruiting websites and someone will reach out to you, right? <laughs> uh, especially if it's your first job, so. Yeah. Probably within the, within the hour too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then like I would, other, other thing, like as far as like technical uh, interviews are concerned in that part, um, I would just say um, if someone asks you a question um, uh, about a specific technology that you aren't aware of, just say, I don't know. Say, oh yeah, I've heard of it, but like I never heard of it, but is it, maybe it's something like this, right? Mm -hmm. Like always try to keep the conversation going. Don't, don't ever get to the point where like, I don't know, move on. Be like, I don't know, but maybe we can do it like this. Or mm -hmm. what about maybe, maybe do this approach instead of that approach, right? Not saying that like you have to have the right approach, but the idea is you're keeping the conversation going and you're you're working collaboratively to come up with a problem um, rather than, cause like not, not, <laughs> it's, it's impossible for everyone to know all the technologies, right? Yeah. So, um, so when someone asks you something you don't know, try to do your best to just try to talk about other ways of solving the problem instead of using this very specific solution. You know, it's, it, it's very possible that that, 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 that other person's solution might be better but at least you're just not like, at least your attitude is just like, I give up, right? Because that's not helping anybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a great point. Being able to pivot, right? If you don't know something, you even you said like, oh, is it, I've heard of this, is it similar to that, right? Yeah. Like I, I've, I've done a lot of that in the past where like, I have this very 
narrow level of knowledge but from being a recruiter i have a lot of nouns in my head right that i kind of know what these things are related to so it's like okay i don't i'm i'm familiar with postgres right? i don't really know mongodb um but i know it's a database right um, right at least involved in that same area right um can you share more about that right at least trying to bridge that connection keeps the conversation going like you said instead of saying oh, i don't know I don't, i'm not familiar with it right. right because what that shows the person who's giving the interview is that like you're curious we can we can we can work with you we can level you up we can start you here and move you somewhere else and um you know because you have the right attitude for the job uh, any additional advice or different advice for early career folks maybe this is their first job search or like their second job search yeah i would say um you know if it's your first job search, don't be too picky about your work. Um, um, I would say uh, make sure that you can make sure you, you enjoy the people you're working with um, to a degree, but also um, it doesn't have to be a fang company. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a startup. It doesn't have to be a financial industry. industry. It can be literally like uh, a company that, um, has been around forever that no one's heard of, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't really matter, right? If you like the people and um, and and they have an opening that fits your skill set, go for it. Like, don't really put a lot of effort on the prestige of the job. That mm -hmm. stuff will come. You'll get there. Um, but like right now, it's just about like building up experience and um, and 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 getting your hands dirty in code, right? That's the most important thing above everything else. So, you know, like I, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of like companies out there who are like, I have no technical ability, but I'm going to train you how to go work at Google, <laughs> right? It's like, really, are you like, and then even if you do, is that going to make me happy? Right? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm, I'm, I, 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 I can spend, there's like these courses out there where people are spending like $10,000 on like a boot camp to like, get you to go like, work at Facebook or something. And, um, you know, I would say, you know, I don't know if that's the best approach because, um, uh, there's nothing like experience that to teach you really. Right. It's And so if you're just starting out, don't spend 10 grand on a boot camp. go get a, go get a job any way you can and really get your hands dirty. Right. First, that's what I would say. Yeah. Great. I love that. Uh, before we take our break, um, any interviewing horror stories you're willing to share um, that maybe people can relate to and say, oh, if Matt went through this, you know, it is, is an engineering manager uh, now, I can get through it too. Um, absolutely. So, uh, you know, when I interviewed at, um, at ShopperTrack, I uh, didn't know... Uh, I didn't know what like a Fibonacci sequence was basically. I didn't understand that algorithm. I barely knew what recursion was. Um, and so like the question was like, this was like a long time ago, but um, the question was basically like, can you, can you write a recursive algorithm to calculate the Fibonacci sequence? And this is a pretty very common lead code question now, pretty much computer science 101 stuff. Back then I had no idea. So I, uh, um, it was, so I didn't get it right. I, I was like, I kind of messed it up, but, um, I was, I was very communicative. I was like, oh, I see. So, you know, we need to, uh, 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 we need to loop through these, these things and find the index of it. Oh yeah. Okay. So I wrote it out and then, um, 
See, one thing I did was I was trying to write a Python and I, I was just brand new to Python and quite understand how it worked. Um, and uh, I was using uh, I was using like a tuple instead of an array or something like that. And I didn't realize I had to, I didn't realize I had to be immutable. Um, and it, it kind of showed to me that like I'm pretty new at Python. I didn't really know what I was doing, but um, I, I I kept the conversation going. I was like, does this work? What do you think? Okay, well, let's go. Like, I worked with him on trying to solve the problem, and I didn't get the problem right. But we, um, but we worked through it together, and I was very curious. I, had, I was very passionate about like, oh, I understand now. I get it. And he taught me some things in his interview, and then I got a job. But it, but it, what? It, but because he understood that, like, yeah, I could, I could talk to him, right, and he could teach me things. And I would open to him, right, um, um, and so that that was a fit both ways, right? Because I knew it was a fit because. I knew that company was going to work with me to level me up um, because I had the right attitude. And I knew that um, he knew that like, I, if you taught me something, I figured it out and then I went with it. Yeah. So. I liked it. And that's like a great example of interviewing well as the company, right? Like they're yeah. asking a question that if you don't kind of know, or if you, if you don't have that domain knowledge, it is a little difficult, right? Like to intuit, Oh, this is how this is going to work in the right way to, to code up that solution. But if they can, work with someone who doesn't have that domain knowledge and still get to a, you know, you pass this interview. Like, I think that that's shows that, okay, the interview is actually trying, right? Versus just saying, right. solve this. And if you get it right, then we'll move you on. If you don't, right. uh, you kicked out. Right. Again, it's, it's all about you making sure that like it's, the way that someone interviews you has a lot to say with their culture of the company. Yeah. Um, and so like you're, I'm trying to figure out like, is it a good fit just as much as they are. Right. Yeah. Cool. Great. Well, let's take a break and then when we come back, we'll move into the technical. Thank you for watching the first half of the Professional Technical Interviewee. The technical interview will be released one week from this episode, so be sure to subscribe to make sure you don't miss it. New episodes are released on the first four Thursdays of each month. Find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash or on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes. And remember, keep practicing.